This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup, just like a front three of Reese, Keane and Frockyar, right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around, to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. There's no other option, you say, other than to get stuck into this episode. And you're on a tight schedule, so get on with it. How's things? How was your weekend? What did you do after that? Well, yes, indeed. We do have to get stuck into it because there's no point skirting around it. But we'll um, we'll discuss the weekend as well. Uh, it's been quite a hectic time for me. We'll start off on Wednesday, the Christmas markets, I think, which was rammed, really busy. I thought, I've never seen it as packed in Pemberton. So I ended up in Tap and Vine, had eight pints and, and then went home. Steered well clear of the markets in the end. <laughs> um, and then that drinking just continued and continued and continued. I was in Manchester on Thursday evening. I ended up in town on Friday night, which isn't like me. And then I played seven aside on Saturday morning against a few regular listeners of the podcast, which was a good win, actually. I've not played for years. I'm still knackered now. Like, my glutes are screaming at me. And my inner thigh is killing. Like well, you're outfield? No, no. No, playing oh. net. That's the yeah, worst part. So. I didn't really have a great deal to do either. Such was the serene nature that we won. I ought to have done slightly better for both goals that I conceded, but we did win 4-2. And then, obviously, went on North End. And then was driven to drink once more. Went to the Black Horse directly after the game. I had some relatives come over from all around the UK, London, Landudno. We haven't got together with for quite a while, so that was quite nice, despite mm. them coming on North End for, I think it was one of the few times I've ever been on North End. Um, are they, are they and, quite keen to come back and go on again? Well, um, one of them lives in in London, and we said, well, we're at Chelsea in a few weeks. Like, do you fancy coming to that? And he was quite keen pre-kick-off. I don't think he was as keen post-match. No. Um, but would anybody return to Deepdale after that? I'm not entirely <laughs> sure, but we'll speak about that, won't we? And then a quiet day yesterday. But yeah, 
all in all, just glad to be off the booze for quite a while. I reckon I'm starting to come on with like a a cold or a flu. So if I sound slightly more nasally than usual, I do apologise. Although I am a very nasally person. Is your regime on pause for the festive period? Oh yeah, you can't you can't be on a weight loss regime at this time of year. It would it would be absolutely ridiculous. Could you imagine like scrimping and scraping on how many like Roasted parsnip shove on Christmas Day. It's just, it's just not. As Ed Miliband once said, it's just wrong. <laughs> did you see the video? No offended, asking the players the favourite part of a Christmas dinner. I didn't. Did you didn't see that? Outland- no, no. What was the most outlandish thing? Well, Ben Woodburn said mac and cheese. What? <laughs> and then Will Keane said roasted chestnuts. <laughs> <laughs> Roasted chestnuts is slightly more acceptable. I've never, I've never had a roasted chestnut. Well, never have I really, but at least they are winter sort of Christmassy, linked with Christmas. Whereas mac and cheese, I don't like this mac and cheese. It was always macaroni cheese back in the day for me. Out but of now, a can, yeah. Now, uh, not necessarily. My mum used to make macaroni cheese. I'm not sure whether it came in a can. I hope not. I'm having a stern word if it did. <laughs> no. Do you mean the sauce or the? No, like I'm sure you could. I'm sure you, yeah, I'm sure you could get it in like a, a tin or a can that they'd have in like school and stuff. Crikey, I wasn't dragged up. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> well, having a tin. But um, yeah, that's a bit odd. To be fair, if I was getting asked these questions, I'd be looking to come up with the most ridiculous answer as well. <laughs> Maybe that's that's what Ben Woodburn's doing. Maybe he's um, yes. he's on a complete wind up. If you are Ben, kudos to you because mm. that's really going under my skin. <laughs> Question for you. Do you have pickled onions with your Christmas dinner? Not myself, but they're always on the table. So I wouldn't yeah. bat an eyelid if you're having them. Yeah. Absolutely love a pickled onion with a Christmas dinner. I actually love a pickled onion with, with literally anything other than a curry. That would be a bit ridiculous. Very, very passionate about pickled onions. Have you taken the darts in? I haven't caught as much as I would have liked. I did watch the whole of the action yesterday. I caught, I caught Michael Smith's match and glory, glory, Gary Anderson's contest. It's good to be here, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah. A bloke called James Wade's in action on Tuesday, for those who are interested. That'll be a thriller. But yeah, just about getting through the opening round, isn't it, for these uh, yes. big stars, these big guns, and they can go and, and have Christmas, have a nice meal with the family. They always claim that Christmas Day and and the meal tastes that extra bit sweeter when you're into the next round of the World Darts Championship. Apparently, the hell to be around on Christmas Day when they've been knocked out. Darts, yeah, darts. Started watching that kin, by the way. Very good. Impressed. It is very good. recommendation. It, is very good. it just gets better and better and better, does kin. Does it? I hope, so I hope they do um, another series because it was, it was it genuinely A-list stuff. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. The Irish just come across as absolutely mental, don't they? Real, like, crazy nutters. Good telly. Irish telly is actually quite good, generally. Right, let's get on to this ridiculous football match. Two changes, McCann and Osmajic came into the team. I think we both thought Militan, if it would start, he's tended to play when he's been available. Went with, like, a similar system to at Huddersfield. And it'd be wrong for us to ignore... The first 40 minutes, well, 45 minutes completely, because I don't think anyone saw that coming, did they? 
a lot of good stuff in that first half, but unfortunately, it meant absolutely nothing come full time. Yeah, the, it was weird because you would have put your life on Dwayne Holmes starting. But that was the one that raised eyebrows at the start when the team yeah, started. Yeah, that was strange. It was really good in midweek. But um, you weren't longing for Dwayne Holmes in the opening stanza, really. North End came out of the blocks really quite well. Played well in the first half. Really ought to have been a few goals up. And I know Watford had a chance in the first half. It would be remiss of us not to mention Jack Watmo's block on the line, which was um, which was Herculean and great. Uh, and he was OK again on the day, especially early on. Uh, but yeah, North End actually played well. But yeah, North End went ahead. Really good goal again. Miller charging at that byline, using that left peg of his, the lesser spotted yes. left peg. Yes. Across it went. Uh, to Keane, who, who, uh, who made no mistake, contrary to what he'd done earlier, which was a, which was an easier chance as he charged in on goal, just couldn't quite get the ball out of his feet and ended up having quite a limp effort. Uh, but their keeper was good in the first half. We had a couple of headers that were well stopped. Was it Story who went close earlier on when he was scrambling, scrambling, scrambling and finally clawing it away? Yeah. Uh, that was a good yeah. save. Potts had a good chance. Um, yeah, really good chance. But again, with Potts, he, he had a little bit too much time to ponder as he ran at the ball. You know, it wasn't quite, you know, type thing where you you can just, yeah. um, on feel, just blast it home. And again, it was pretty good defending and, and keeping, weren't it? One of them got a blocking. But yeah, and then Watford scored just before the break, slightly against the run of play. Ball in all, it was a genuinely absorbing opening half. It was a good half. North End playing Really good stuff. Watford could rightly argue that they deserve to go in at the break, one apiece. North End also had arguments to be a few goals up. So half time you're going in, you're thinking, really watchable game of football, no problem. And then the debacle happens in the second period. I think you could feel Watford's threat throughout the first half, couldn't you? I thought I think they probably would have felt a bit hard done by to go in behind, given the chances he'd had. But I, I was quite kind of expecting like a three-two or a three-three, or it was never going to end one-one, was it? But no. I mean, you just got to be like the second goal. I wasn't even looking at the pitch, and I've looked up and he's through on goal. I'm turning to people next to me saying, What's happened there? That's just absolutely <laughs> insane, isn't it? Like 18 yeah. seconds from our own kickoff. And it's not one to watch back either. It's not. I've never seen a professional team ever considering that matter, really. Like, it's just amateur stuff. I don't think I don't think anyone knew who to blame. There was like Brown was a man of Whiteman. Whiteman was looking at the manager and it's like, what what have we managed to do there? It's just utterly amateurish. But they must have worked on this in training because you don't have that many players in one area and leave literally the whole pitch gaping in space for attackers to run into if it doesn't come off. I know they talk a lot about overloading areas, these um, wily observers, don't they? But that was just taking the complete piss. Well, one Um, thing you don't do is leave Liam Lindsay isolated one against one against somebody like that. No. Because that's all. Really, Lindsay's not to blame whatsoever, really, because he couldn't do anything remotely about it. Well, Um, he's he's being shoved into that left of the back three when it's really not his his spot. You know, what maybe what Mo doing well isn't a reason to, you know, you're shoehorning Lindsay there because he's had a decent season. But, you know, surely Hughes would be a better option in that role. Yeah, well, uh, Hughes can't be 100%. I know what Mo's done, done well recently, hasn't he? Uh, but you'd think that if Hughes was, was 100%, then his start over what Mo, no matter what sort of yeah. performances he's putting in. Uh, especially as the team's just a lot better. Like, Hughes is slightly more mobile than, than Lindsay, but even I'm more mobile than. Lee Lindsay, Rick Waller, the former pop idol star, 
He used to wear the I am the big guy t-shirt. He's more mobile than Liam Lindsay. But um I'm not sure yeah. Sofian Amrabat's more mobile than Liam Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hellfire. That, that was run. some performance from <laughs> Amrabat yesterday, wasn't it? <laughs> I watching me in midfield. Um absolutely insane. Just running around just taking people out. Like all all the time, if he could get near them. It was a yeah. really bizarre performance. I thought to myself yesterday, like, Man United and Liverpool, they were both really poor. Like, there's an argument saying that these are two of the worst things we've ever seen from those clubs in our lifetime. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, how on earth did Man United contrive to have Sofian Amrabat playing 90 minutes at Anfield as part of a nil-nil draw? Um, <laughs> Scott McTominay, captain. Jonathan you wrote a lovely line. Oh, I've read it this morning. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? Oh. He said, I don't know whether Scott McTominay got big or Man United just got small. But yeah. that was a really nice way of yeah. basically asking how on earth Scott McTominay is captain of Manchester United. Like, what has happened there? But yeah, a 100 metre race between Lindsay and Amrabat would be a joy to behold. But uh, yeah, that that goes a complete nightmare because Watford get back into the game not just before half time. And then all of a sudden, they're ahead, seconds into the second half and yeah that just sets the tone for the rest of the half but again massive opportunity to level it up at 2-2 three pots at the back post which is another really good ball in from Miller who's quite good at just chopping back onto that right and sticking it in sort of those in-swinging crosses and pots I get the impression that he wasn't necessarily expecting it to come to him but he does make contact with the ball and it's one of them in that situation when you're that close to goal it's more luck whether it goes in like the keeper's obviously got more of a chance to stop it because the angles are slightly different. Uh, so it's just a case of look whether that just rolls in or squirts in, as David Lloyd once said. Yeah, that was a big chance really, wasn't it? Yeah. Even even then, I mean, got to be made of tougher stuff, really. I think it's a good strike for 3-1, isn't it? Like, he's hit it hard into the corner. Could we do better? I'm not sure. Could we get out quicker, maybe? But he's hit it hard. I th- yeah, I, th- I thought it was a really good goal. Uh, clinical. I-, I wondered whether it took a slight nick on... Uh, First few. I did. did. Have you seen uh, it back? Did it or not? I've had hell watched the highlights of that. No, I haven't. I didn't think a woman could do anything. I thought it was well directed into the corner. And if it took a nick, then it's even more difficult to stop. But again, like it's a bit amateur. You don't get out quick, quick enough. He's on the edge of the box with loads of space, loads of room to, to have a pop. And you start giving quality players space and room and it's going to end one way, George. Yeah. At 3-1, you're, you're down, but you're not out, are you, at 3-1? If you get the next goal, then you can get back into it. Yeah. And then, and this then four, the four and then subs, the come. subs come. The four yeah. subs come. I think someone in the chat said somebody that was somebody's cue to leave, wasn't it? <laughs> someone <laughs> actually left the ground when those subs were made. And I, thought, yeah. I think if you're making four subs at once, it's got to be real crisis stuff. And didn't yeah, feel like yeah. that for me. It felt like, yeah. has it been that bad to completely change almost half your outfield team? North End weren't out of the game at 3-1. No. Watford were still relatively open. They still had success, especially down the um, left flank with Miller, which was well documented on Twitter afterwards. And yeah, he just had all the air of a desperate man, really. Like, it was a real head-scratcher to I think, swap I think Miller. he said Watmo was tiring or showing up on I, those. I didn't mind that. I didn't mind no. that change whatsoever. That was, yeah, if he's... If he's fatiguing or there's a sign of potential injury, fair enough. White, and then he said he was on a booking, but I still would have kept him on. Potts coming off, Keane coming off, a little bit weird. And then the Miller one, I mean, Tom Deli Bashiru must have been like literally 
jumping for joy at that. Like brilliant news for him. Obviously, we we're trying to get crosses in, weren't we, from from Robbie Brady? But yeah, nothing. We didn't create a thing, did we? Yeah, the most mental one for me was the Whiteman one, who at least moves the ball around midfield. That like we we basically had nothing left in midfield after that. Like we weren't able to get a grip of the ball whatsoever. Mm. And, and their midfield was strong, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, they were a, power, a powerful, fast, technical midfield. And after that, you're really struggling. Like the Miller one, he's he just absolutely mental, really. I know he didn't quite have the same amount of success in the second half than that he did in the first, but but even still, like it still wasn't as if he was like completely marked out of the game. Like, yeah, he was still doing perfectly fine. Let's have it right. Robbie Brady didn't do a great deal wrong when he came on whatsoever. No, he only scored a really good free kick. Yeah. yeah like it's not as if he completely stunk the gaff out. But no. it's one of them to rub the supporters up the wrong way when they're not overly keen on Robbie Brady. Uh, and Miller's doing really well. And then all of a sudden you bring on Brady to basically just accommodate him, really. Like, there was, you wouldn't argue you'd be able to get back into the game by bringing Robbie Brady on. But we're, we're, probably, we're probably looking into it a little bit too deeply likely because the supporters are already like not keen on Brady. So like you're going to start to turn the atmosphere relatively toxic when you start to do that. At the end of the day, there was just too many changes at once. It killed everything we were trying to do. Um, and and after that, it was like watching a pre-season friendly. Watford go and score two more and just basically run rings around us, take the piss and, um, and hack up to a, a real drubbing in the end. And it wasn't a drubbing, but the scoreline doesn't say so. So at the end of the day, it's not a great deal you can you can argue against. No, five one is a terrible scoreline, really. Like that looks really, really bad, doesn't it? Especially just, at home. Yeah. Ryan talks about mentality a lot after the game. Is that something you think is a myth mentality? Not a momentum I fan, sp- are you? I've spoken a lot about mentality in the past. These words have absolutely no weight to me. But they don't mean anything. It's meaningless. Mentality what about mentality? Got mentality. Go inside Roy Keane. Like Roy Keane's got mentality. <laughs> All this myth of mentality. Well, he's not got legs. He can't move. He won't be a particularly good championship midfielder anymore. But he's got mentality. Why don't you just play eleven mentally strong people? Why don't you go get James Wade off the street? Put a double <laughs> to save your life. You'd probably give it James Wade at double ten, wouldn't you? But you can't play football. It's nonsense. <laughs> yeah, it's it wasn't. Like it wasn't mentality manager. that Ismail Kone drifted away from our midfield and left them for dead, was it? No. And I don't know who Conet. I, I don't know Conet is a person. I don't know whether he's got a great mentality. I know he's a really good footballer, a real handful on the day. He was great on the day, but I don't know. Has this guy got this rock rock mind? It's it's, it's bollocks. I can, Does he read books? I can't stand it. It's well, exactly. It's like these people who come out and say, "Oh, what a great appointment that is for like like a manager at a football club." He knows the DNA of the club. What a load of absolute tosh. That is, that's just more mentality nonsense. Like when Ollie could have told you I was doing quite well at the start of his Man United reign. Well, no surprise. He knows the DNA. He knows the club inside out. It, it, it's all that sort of rhetoric. It's, it's, it's a lot of absolute shit to me. Surely just hard work and wanting to win is just like under the umbrella of mentality. And any footballer yeah. should want to do those things, really. Like, yeah. it shouldn't be seen as a positive that you've got a good mentality. It should just be the given. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mac Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. 
See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I think Watford, yeah. I mean, they just took the piss, didn't they? But 5-1, it's just like, and then the place empties, doesn't it? And it becomes a real tough final 15 minutes. Booze at full time. You can't, I don't think you can have another one of them quickly and Leeds will certainly threaten it. Yeah, they will. And Swansea probably will because we never do well either there. I know they're not in the greatest nick at the moment, but you can expect to go and go see another five there. Yeah, and the place, that last quarter of an hour was, was ghostly and weird. Yeah. Like, there wasn't really any noise. There was, so the people who were left in the ground other than be like real hardy souls were there to wait for Ryan Lowe to really give, to give him a piece of their mind. Um, and the game was of scarce significance because the game was gone and Watford were were just absolutely rampant at that stage and their supporters were loving life <laughs> when they were just when they were chanting half oh, the team did half the effing team did who put the ball in the press and uh, I mean it's pathetic but it's it's quite amusing it like to yeah. reflect upon it was like I thought that these were a bunch of absolute idiots really but um, but to reflect on it it's quite amusing it but. Yeah, the end was um, was horrible. I had to walk off actually, as as Ryan Lowe was walking underneath me, because you sort of realise that this guy, like no matter North End have just lost, admittedly heavily at home, but like this guy, he's still a human being at the end of the day. Like it was, it was nasty stuff, really, like toxic and just. Was it? I, I, I don't see it or hear any of that. I'm, I'm as far away as you can be at the top of the finish, so I just. What, what is a nice it? place what, to be. They're just like swearing at him and Yeah, it's like just like unhinged personal attacks on him really. Occasionally you've gotta step back and yeah, North End have just been beat and emotions are high. But you've got to step back and realise that this guy isn't doing it on purpose. Ultimately you need you need your players to perform well to win. Uh, and North End actually did play relatively well, but obviously the score that doesn't that doesn't tell you so. But like He's trained hard. Like he's working hard. He's going in every day. So like a human being to walk off and get that much abuse doesn't really sit right with me. Probably wishes there was like a vault that could just suck him under the technical area yeah. and transport him to his. But he's got that walk, hasn't he? Halfway. Yeah. And plenty pitch. of man- plenty of managers have had that walk in the past. Mm. Like <laughs> Phil Brown, I remember he used to stop at the tunnel and like <laughs> look at North End fans. Who were like incensed at him? Yeah, like, you, stop and look at him. You've got the invincibles, the and then you think you're done, and then there's that section in the Kelly just yeah. <laughs> who and they they're really, right are probably even more abusive. Yeah, they Kelly. They are incensed. Yeah, and obviously Ryan Lowe was he was sort of gesticulating to calm down, but I lip read him, and he was saying, "I know, I know," as people were shouting. Like, you're clueless. Get out of this club. And he's going, I know, I know. Like this. As if to say, I know that was bad, but just calm down. Which obviously rages people even more. There's one thing um, to say that you shouldn't say to an angry person. It's calm down. That does not go well. 
Yeah, if I was a manager, easy to say this, but I've never been in that scenario, but you're just going to take your medicine a little bit and just walk off and down. Maybe he could get some Gerwin pricier defenders and just stick them on as yes. he walks down. Yeah, that could be an easy shout. Or like, or like just do a Mervyn King who used to wear earplugs and like limp around the stage as if his back had constantly gone. <laughs> he, he could pretend he'd, um, he'd had a spinal injury or something like that and just sort of hobble off. You're just going to ignore them at the end of the day. Like It's obviously like a minority really an abuse here because nobody was left in the ground, really. It just felt a good chance to, you know, if you could have got a result or yeah. even got a draw after that first half performance, it probably buys the manager in the eyes of the fans another month or two. And you know, obviously results would then dictate what happens after that. But, I mean, that was not what he needed at all. Like, nobody was jumping up and down after Norwich and Huddersfield. But he'd restored a bit of faith and a bit of credit and then that comes and that's just the pressure piled right back on in it ahead of Swansea away in Leeds and yeah the worst the, thing uh, that could have happened really this pump at Huddersfield looks looks even I more thought yeah now. I thought at the time don't do that no unwise idea but um yeah the pressure's bang on let's have it right you thought North End maybe took a step forward by really battening down the hatches at Norwich getting a clean sheet and then winning at Huddersfield admittedly he were dreadful but then you go two steps back don't you and you like, really do again at home. you might get away with it slightly more away from home but when you're doing that in front of your home your home fans let's have it right like he could have easily expected his uh, P45 uh, this Monday morning time and time again we're being smashed and I know we're eighth in the league and on the face of it we're not doing too badly but there's only so far that keep you afloat because when you when you keep chucking in these these hammerings you're going to get potted at some point I wouldn't sack him yet and there'll be people listening thinking you're absolutely insane but to me he's earned the right to um, to keep going really we're not going to go down we're not going to be in relegation trouble are we unless there's an absolute catastrophe of a run of results which you could argue the last ones have been but we're still we're still miles clear of that trouble but it's everything around it every other metric apart from the points suggests we're a bottom five a six club and team and then there's the pressure from the fans losing interest not happy so you've got to balance those two things but they're certainly more weighted on the negative side at the minute. I mean, Twitter was an avalanche of stats that were just absolutely damning, weren't they? Like, really, really bad. Yeah, Let's just go through them because we'll get a bit of flack if we don't point this stuff out. But 32 goals let in in 14, no clean sheet in 15 at home, eight losses in 14. And then there was the comparison with Frankie's last 15 and Ryan Lowe's last 15. And that's, that's potentially as, as damning as anything. Yeah, they're not nice to read, are they? Horrible what a cheery stats. Monday morning for everyone. Brilliant. Oh, I know. Really. Yeah, what a good way to start the week leading up to Christmas. Christmas Day on uh, Sunday, is it? Christmas Day? You got all your presents sorted? No. No. Last minute really. tr- dashed at Trafford Centre or something. To be honest, I don't buy for a great deal of people. I only buy for my nieces and nephews. I tend to give cash to my parents. You give money to your mum and dad? <laughs> really? Well, I, I think I'm paying for my mum to take that ticket for Christmas. Oh, lovely. Which is just easy for me. Just yeah. really easy. Like, quite happy with that. Supported by Ollie Mears. Yeah. 
Yeah, but back to those numbers, they made for awful reading. Hence why he could have no complaints whatsoever. He threw a potty this morning. Uh, on the flip side of that, I, I'd quite like to know his points per game compared to other managers. I don't think he'd be performing any less than the others, really. I don't know it. I'm not, I'm not taking the time to look. I did request it off Jimmy Atkinson the other day, but he just completely ignored me. Although I did ask him directly after the game, I think. I did a piece on it a few weeks ago, but it might be time to update it. I can't remember what he was then, but it was okay. it was somewhere like middle of the road for this century kind of thing. Yeah. So, like, he's not an awful North End manager, is he? Like, it, it's really difficult because you could argue that he has been backed as well, especially when you compare to the other managers, like especially Alex Neal, who just yeah, one hundred percent. He wasn't really backed at all. I mean, he said that Neil had had a better squad. I don't, I don't um, subscribe to the view that that Ryan Lott's got the best squad we've had in the championship since we returned under Grayson. I see that as complete nonsense. I think uh, Alex Neil inherited a, a better team, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He just, he just, he just took it to new levels and improved pretty yeah. much every player in it. Maybe with the exception yeah. of Gally. Yeah, for sure. He had, he had like ingredients to kick on as well. Like they were at a really good age. Um, and they just kept improving. Um, and again, it's it's rum to compare Neil and Lowe, but like you saw players like coming on leaps and bounds under Neil, whereas you'd be hard-pressed to look at anybody. I know this was discussed actually on the from the Elden, which is one of our competitors in this content-creating space. All uh, for they it. Spoke of, yeah, oh, absolutely. I think it's a great list. I really enjoyed it. Um and they were talking about how you wouldn't really look at anybody in our ranks and claim they've really improved on the low, which is pretty damning, really. I think I think um, you'd say maybe given confidence to some, then maybe put them in a system that suits them. Nonsense, though, we? No, but like Brad Potts, Brad Potts has clearly done better under Ryan Lowe than other managers, but yeah. he's played in a position that suits him and been backed yeah. and all sorts and Lindsay probably falls under that boat as well yeah it's because Lindsay ultimately would prefer to play deeper and like mm. just head ball away from the box and stuff like that yeah you raised a good point about pots but you'd, you'd rather you sort of more c- creative players were improving as opposed to uh, the lads who are just going to run and run and run for you um, yes. and we saw that on the nil which we haven't under low so yeah look he's under he's under massive pressure because Swansea, Swansea big... aren't doing great, so this is like yeah. I've read a few things about them. They're in a dire place, really. Yeah. Home form terrible, no manager. So yeah, like that is a big game, and and you yeah. feel there's only so many of these big opportunities left to. Because Swansea won't be as bad as Huddersfield. I'd be gobsmacked if they're as bad as that. Yeah, that's it right. You take a point all day long at Swansea. You never regard a point at Swansea as a bad thing, irrespective mm. of current form, really. Especially when you've just been hammered. So. I imagine we can uh, go and expect another Norwich chess performance, which I'd be absolutely made up with. But I don't think people at home watching on Sky Sports will be. But no. um, tricky run of games coming up, end of the day, you know, Swansea, and then you thrust into that Leeds game, which which you can dread already. A, a, um, a full house, more or less, and real advert for people who might not have watch a great deal of North End but they come on on Boxing Day and they look at the lead table North End not actually doing too badly they're eighth in the league this could be a decent game yeah it'll be yeah. yeah and then uh, and then we go and ship 12 and people never return <laughs> like the previous Boxing Day which was a shocker that 
woeful contest. We were at Huddersfield. I can't remember. Last year. Christ, was that, was that Boxing Day? Yeah. 2 1 defeat. I think, it? I think we might have spoken about it on the podcast about like, like these people would yeah. never ever return. Never return yeah. to Newdale after that. Yeah, game. yeah. They were terrible. And like, I think Rhodes scored and then they scored at the back post, didn't they? Like later on. Yeah. God, yeah. It's yeah. all coming back to me now. Someone said something to me post match and they were suggesting like they just don't know how Preston are going to play when they turn up. Would you agree with that compared um, to other, other teams in the league? There's no real distinct yeah. patterns no. and... and styles. Yeah, we don't really have a raison d'etre, do we? Um, whereas Watford clearly do. Like, let's play out from the back. Whereas we don't do a great deal off the ball, we don't really do a great deal on it, which is which isn't the greatest indictment of your, of your team, is it? But yeah, not wrong. Normally, just quite a pragmatic, defensive-minded team, really, aren't we? That's what we tended to be and try and take the chances that arrive. Vibes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's not a um, it's not a bad reflection. I just love to sit in on the like pre-match meetings where the game plans delivered because in I the would. press in the press we don't really get it broken down in that real detail. But they must be getting it. You would you would hope and think. I'd just like to see how that compares to how the the game is assessed in the press and and stuff like that. Because yeah, we we don't really get that real kind of detail and analysis and maybe that's why yeah. people get frustrated yeah we got a, we got a brief glimpse didn't we when Leeds were spying on Derby remember <laughs> that when Bielsa was spying on Lampard's training sessions and Bielsa came out and actually in his press conference like did like a, a PowerPoint which I imagine is what happens like Alex Neal was our manager at the time and he he described it as par for the course so you'd think that it's quite forensic wouldn't you but um, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't strike me as that type of manager, really. Who's going to really like get into the like real deep dive of tactics. He's more vibes than this nonsense mentality, which isn't going to serve you well, really. But Mike Marsh comes with a pretty decent track record. Like if they, yeah, that was my thought. You know, and um, Marsh is really like chipping in there. And Murphy as well. Murphy, Peter Murphy likes to. Who likes to rise. And every set piece on the edge of the touchline, and like a flower, yeah. like blossoming out the ground yeah. from the dugout. <laughs> it's an absolute joy. We're talking about it actually, lightheartedly, uh, in the Black Horse after the game. Theoretically speaking, if the manager was relieved of his duties, would it be time like to hand, hand the reins over to Peter Murphy on a caretaker basis? But I suppose that's for a chat for for another day. And then obviously there was that, obviously. Like plenty of chat. Could it be a return of Alex Neal at, at Swansea and all that sort of thing? You get really excited, but sort of getting ahead of yourself, are you? Yeah, but people were fuming when that post-match article went out. Like it was quite late on Saturday, so I think it was like ten to six, and I and like I'm getting tweets saying, "Where is he?" Like people must have been thinking he's gone. But then when it gets tweeted, like. Five minutes later, there's about 30 comments. People just like aren't having it, are they? Especially they've just been beat and they want the manager out. Like, they'll be stretched into any lengths like, to sort of have a go at him, uh, which is just the way that sport works, isn't it? Especially especially uh, football where there's like, it's almost an unhinged mm-hmm. hatred towards referees and managers doing badly. Yeah. But there's going to be people who, who will tweet all week in the lead up to Swansea. Like every day, there'll be a tweet about getting Ryan Lowe out. That's just that's just who these people are, really. They, they immerse themselves in the in the get low out camp. So it's just that modern social media age. Yeah. 
much to plan for Swansea. It's a long old trip. Does the plan well, we... involve Rissoles? Oh, Rissoles. <laughs> Mad Friday Rissoles. Merry Christmas, everyone. Want to really sink our teeth into. And I might even on this occasion, on my on my trip to South Wales, get my hands on a faggot, which I didn't manage to do at Cardiff. Or was it Swansea? It was Swansea last year we were talking about it, weren't it? It was Swansea, not Cardiff. Yes. And I managed to get a few resolves, but I couldn't quite come to terms with a faggot, which is a shame. But on this occasion, I will be doing so. So watch this space. Um, we were meant to be going to Swansea in a camper van. Oh, yeah. That isn't happening because the insurance for my pal John Moore, who has returned from his his um, year of travelling in Australia and Southeast Asia, he's back, but basically it's not really worth his while to get insured on his parents' camper, uh, which is a shame because we were we were planning on a big a big do in his camper van, Black Eye Friday in Swansea, South Wales. Just had all the hallmarks of one of the great trips. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just driving in and out now. Wow, um, who's doing that? Well, my brother will be driving, I suspect. Maybe Batesy, who's a avid listener of this podcast. Um, he might he might drive, but if Scott drives, then I will drive as well because it's important to share the burden on these type of trips, isn't it? Yes, it is. I don't think you really do your fair share of driving, do you? <laughs> uh, no, probably not, to be honest. But there's more apt drivers than me, I always say. Like yeah, that's a good cop out. You know, there's drivers who've got a stronger mentality, more well coached drivers than I am. Mm. So um, I can tell you're getting jittery. So we'll get on with this question. You do need you have you've got things to be doing today, aren't you? You're busy, as always. But um, yeah, there's not much. Uh, there's not many positive days at the Liberty Stadium from over the years. So we'll just go with a funny, a funny one. August 2010, 14th, 14th of August, 14th of August. Um, we conceded four. It's just a case of whether it was the Chris Brown one where he scored in stoppage time or the one where we didn't score. Because I'm pretty sure we shit eight goals at Swansea in 2010. I'm going to go for the one that Chris Brown scored in 4-1. No, 4-0. 4-0. Preston North End number eight, Paul Hayes on the pitch that night. Right, are you having to skirt? Yes, ideally. This is it. This is the time. This is where... We go our separate ways. There was no win to discuss, but we'll be back again. Oh, trust us. We'll yeah. be back. Uh, we might have to do it relatively quickly after Swansea, won't we? Because it'll be Christmas. And Indeed. I, I, love, I love doing this podcast, but no chance you'll get me discussing North End on Christmas Day. <laughs> I'll be nostrils <laughs> deep in all sorts of things. Nostrils uh, deep. Yeah, mostly cheese. Selection and boxes. I'm not a massive sweet man on Christmas Day. I quite like a trifle. I yeah. also like pickled onions, as we spoke about earlier on. Mm-hmm. Pigs in blankets, all that sort of I thing. love them gully and shells. Do you know what they are? No. Oh, you you, you will have done. Like praline shells that are unbelievable. Send a picture over to so me. If you wanted to get me a present, get us some gully and shells. I yeah. love them. Okie dokie. I'll bear, I'll, I'll, bear some, that in I'll get you some pickled onions. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the giant ones, ideally. It could be a giant jar of pickled onions. What do you do? Just eat them with a fork? Yeah, they're quite hard to get yeah. quite hard to get a grip of, aren't they? You know, like, stab into them. Yeah. You can end up covered <laughs> in vinegar. <laughs> but, um, yeah. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to be back, aren't we, after Swansea? We're going to go to Swansea with a spring on our step. Because this is the sort of game that separates wheat from chaff. I'm expecting us to take thousands to Swansea. This is where they need us most. Times like these. They Brilliant. need us. Back yeah. them. Let's get behind them. Let's put the ghost of Watford past behind us and go and have a real Christmas night out in Swansea. I shall see you all there. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and PE are on the TV. You're watching with all your mates and the McNugget share boxes are open for all. Your pal's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Result. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participate in restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com on the McDonald's app. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.